everyone, and welcome to the Asher Marketing Podcast. I'm Anthony Giuliano, and our guest tonight is Jason Luce. Jason, how you doing? I'm doing great. How you doing? I'm doing great. Well, thank you so much for coming up from Indianapolis to join us tonight. You are back home, in a sense, because you were once an intern here at Asher Agency, I correct? am back home. Yeah, it's a uh, it's like a homecoming uh, reunion all in one. I think I saw my old office, so that was uh, neat. And it's nice to see some things haven't changed, but other things have. So uh, it was definitely a, a cool experience that I had working here. So. so when were you here as an intern and what was that experience like? And feel free to tell the truth. It doesn't have to be all good. Yeah, actually, no, I mean, uh, no joke. It was it was a lot of fun. So I was going to IPFW. I was a communications major. Uh, I think I minored in public relations. And that's how I found my way to, you know, one of my favorite classes, which was taught by Larry uh, Wardlaw who uh, has ran PR here for a long, long time. And um, that was just a great opportunity. You know, he really um, embraced his students and I can't even remember how the opportunity came, you know, my way for the internship. I think it was, you know, just fortuitous timing. And um, so I had the opportunity to step in and it was uh, one of my last semesters. And, you know, I, I really wanted to potentially move into marketing and advertising, uh, maybe PR, um, I had looked at, you know, radio or television and, you know, it's during that time, you, you don't know what you want to do. You know what I mean? Uh, my wife said to me, she goes, you know, don't, don't tell people you didn't have a plan, but I really didn't have a plan, yeah. you know, and that's kind of the beauty of how our careers progress is, you know, sure. sometimes one door opens and, uh, and you walk through it. So, uh, Larry gave me a great opportunity and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they took me on pitches. They took me on, uh, commercial shoots. I had to write press releases. I think I worked on the Subway account. Um, you know, I, I think Tim Allen Tools was one of the clients yeah. back then. So they really exposed me to a lot and uh, different parts of the agency. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. So so let's continue down that path. Talk a little bit about your career path, because I, I was very much the same way when I was in college. Had no idea what I wanted to do. Ended up as an English major, which eventually turned into a career in marketing. But that certainly wasn't by design. Sounds like you had a similar experience. What was your What was your original idea when you chose a college major and how did you progress to what you're doing today? Yeah, boy, that's a great question, right? So um, I grew up on the southeast side of Fort Wayne. I graduated from from Paul Harding High School. Um, you know, I think I was, you know, we were pretty blue collar, right? You know, we, uh, you know my dad was a, a pressman at Fort Wayne newspapers. My mom was a probation officer, um, but I really didn't have a concept of what a career meant. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of folks, it was, um, you know, just, just making a living and, and getting by. And so, um, you know, going to IPFW, I think for me was a great opportunity. It was also maybe a little bit of a safe choice. Yep. Um, and so, you know, as, as I progressed, you know, uh, in, in my career, I thought, well, maybe radio, uh, maybe maybe television, um, but then you know I, I I think sales came to me uh, really by happy accident. I was working at a grocery store and realized that I didn't want to work at a grocery store anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was uh, it was hard. It was it was dirty, and uh, and and really not my forte. And and I happened to uh, through a friend uh, get a job uh, working at Sears. I was selling. Mm -hmm vacuum cleaners and sewing machines of which I know very little about, but somehow I found a way to connect to people. Yeah. 
and bring people in. And, you know, for, for going to school full-time at IPFW, uh, you know, I was able to, you know, make a, a decent living at it. And I realized, well, hey, you know, why don't I try sales, yeah. you know? And it was pretty, it was, it was that simple. Yep. Um, it, no, no big revelation. Um, I just found an opportunity and went with it. So um, I graduated in May of 2000. And through a, a friend of mine was able to uh, find out that there was an opening for a job doing surgical sales mm-hmm. in Louisville, Kentucky. And I, like I said, I had just graduated. Um, I went to the interview, it was in Indianapolis and I'm sitting there at the Weston Hotel and the guy says to me, he goes, well, you know, we've got this job. I need you there in three weeks. What do you think? You know, and, and you're 23 years old and you're like, well, I said, can I, can I have some time to think about it? He goes, no, I need your decision right now. And, um, you know, and, and so, so I, I said, okay, let's do it. You yeah. know, so I, I packed up everything, uh, from my, my little apartment here in Fort Wayne and all I had known and took, took the leap and, and moved, uh, you know, four hours away and, and took that job. So that was, uh, quite, quite interesting. That was my first foray into, into So how sales. long were you in that position? So just about a year. Okay. And the real interesting thing is kind of the the dichotomy, the shift of going from, you know, realizing, hey, two weeks ago, I'm demonstrating the the effects of a beater bar on a certain ply of carpet. Yeah. And the next I'm standing over someone, you know, in a heart and lung center who's having a major surgery done. Wow. So it was, uh, you know, it, the impact was not lost on me. Sure. And uh, it was quite quite the shift. Yeah. Yeah. So, so after that first position in sales, where do you go from there? Yeah. So that's a, that's a great question. And and this is one of those times when you, you kind of question in life, you know, like, okay, why do you make certain decisions? And I was, you know, I'll tell you, I was homesick. Um, I didn't have, I didn't know anyone in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, I was there doing the job by myself and I, I just wasn't really happy. And so um, I had heard that that job was potentially going to be uh, cut out of the company due to downsizing. And, and I, I quit the job. It's the first time I'd ever really quit a job yeah. without having something yep. else. And, um, and there, was a, there was a life lesson in that because it scared the heck out of me. Yeah, you sure, know? sure. Uh, I, you know, 24 by then, and I'm moving back in with mm-hmm. mom and um, having to swallow a little bit of pride. Um, and then, you know, this is 2001. I'm looking for a job. You know, I, I have a degree, but I don't have a whole lot of sales experience at that point. Uh, and so I'm, I'm combing through the sales and, and marketing jobs, and I find a little three-print ad in the newspaper for a, a, a medical sales job. And lo and behold, it's in this world of workers' compensation insurance. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea what that was. Yeah, I, I knew that my dad had had cut his finger, you know, working at the newspaper, and and had a workers' compensation claim. And that was literally the the, the scope of what I knew about workers' comp. Um, but lo and behold, 20 years later, I'm still still doing it. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I, I received my first opportunity uh, to enter the workers' compensation space uh, for a company uh, called PMSI, which wound up being a, a division of uh, what's now known as Optum. And so um, I, I went on into my workers' comp foray uh, where, you know, look, I, I did uh, field sales really just, you know, for the next probably 15 years of traveling, covering a territory, uh, a lot of nights on the road, yeah. you know, a lot of, a lot of being a road warrior. And, uh, and so that's, that kind of led me from, 
field sales to um, managing some corporate accounts for my previous employer, uh, and now uh, into my role as VP of sales at Home Care Connect. And that's a recent promotion, correct? It is, yeah. That actually happened just within um, the past week. Well, so. congratulations. So Thank what does you. that new role entail? Well, uh, you know, just more responsibility. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I've I have an opportunity. Really, uh, what's exciting about Home Care Connect is that you know we help uh, injured workers. You know, we we truly help them. Um, we provide home care, uh, nursing, uh, CNAs, LPNs in the home, as well as durable medical equipment, uh, catastrophic services, post acute care services. So. Um, you know, we are, we're, we're all about patient care. Mm -hmm. And what's been amazing is through the pandemic, you know, we really have leveraged technology mm -hmm. to continue to communicate with our patients. And we do that on a daily basis. So, um, you know, for me, the, the exciting part is that now I get to expand a sales team. Um, we're, we're nationwide. Now we just get to, uh, to grow even more. So that's really exciting. Yeah, that's great. So, um, a lot to dig into here. I'm going to ask, I'm going to make an obvious statement, which will show you how much I know about your world mm -hmm. and then ask you to save me from myself. Sure but, you know, in, in the environment that we were in the past 16 months, I would have to imagine that workers' comp, comp claims went down considerably because people were doing jobs in different ways. How did your, if that's true, how did your organization pivot during that time? Yeah, that's that's a really great point. So what we saw initially uh, in about March of 2020 was a, a sharp decline, you know, as unemployment soared, and it was very much a, an acute trend. I mean, it happened all of a sudden, and then it, it remained that way, it remained challenged for about three or four months, and then we started to see the economy rebound. And myself, like a lot of folks, I think, thought, well, hey, we've made it through yeah. the pandemic and we're to the other side. And while that might have been true uh, from a, a workers' comp uh, and an employment standpoint, certainly um, the the, uh, the 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 market had 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 changed invariably. So um, yeah, it, it was it was very very interesting to see that happen. Yeah. So so I want to back up for just a second. I, I took you down a path, but I, I should have started here. Tell us a little bit, big picture about Home Care Connect. You mentioned it a little bit, but but who do you serve? What are, what are the products and services, if you will? And how do you how do you interact with your customers? Yeah. So we we service the workers' compensation insurance market. So um, insurance companies uh, who manage workers' comp, uh, who handle employers, um, they employers obviously have to provide workers' compensation insurance. So if somebody gets hurt on the job and needs medical care, needs home care, that's where we come in. And we're a, a nationwide network, so over 20,000 providers, um, you know, locally all, all throughout Indiana, the Midwest, and, and nationwide. Okay. So number of employees for the organization and on your team, what's the size of the organization? Yeah, so we're right at about 100 employees right now. Uh, on my team, I have about 15 uh, within the sales uh, realm. Okay. Yeah. All right, and you're you're headquartered in Indianapolis? No, actually, we're based in Winter Park, Florida, which is outside of Orlando. Okay. So um, we are, um, I, I say, based there. That's where our headquarters is at. But 
you ask about, you know, how we re- responded to COVID. And one of the first things we had to do as an organization is move everybody home. Yeah. And so leveraging technology was really, really critical because all of our associates now uh, and, you know, into the future uh, for the time being are having to work from home. Okay. So as you can imagine, that's, that's, that's challenging, whether for sales or operations, finance, uh, marketing, um, you're, you're doing everything virtually. Sure. Did you have a an expectation that people would be coming back into the office and did you pull back from that? Or was that something more of a long-term plan that it was working and you were going to continue down that road? Probably a little bit of both. I think that, yep. you know, we, we have office space there like a lot of our clients do, you know, and I think our, our goal was to, to be back in office, which was supposed to happen in August. Uh, now that's pushed to October. And, you know, uh, that may be subject to change. You know, everything like you and I were talking about earlier is is in a state of flux due yeah, to this sure. Delta variant. Um, you know, you have your mindset where you think that things are going to occur in a certain linear fashion. Yeah. And, and you know what? That's life. It, sure. it just doesn't happen that way. So, um, you know, I think my team will tell you I'm, I'm done putting kind of arbitrary timelines on when we get back to yeah. normal or, or, or whatever that means. Right. What, yeah. what, what is what does normal mean anymore? Yeah. So. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been a uh, an interesting shift. We've also seen that, you know, a, a lot of our sales reps go to go to conferences. Those have you know, we thought those were starting to open up and they were for a yeah. while. Um, especially in, but in places like Florida, it's, it's turned into, unfortunately, uh, you know, a, a breeding ground for, sure. for, for more infections. So look, we've had to, you know, work from home, um, be creative about how we engage yep. our clients and, and be really cognizant of how we leverage tools yep. like LinkedIn. Yep. And that's why it was really, uh, the timing was, was great when I took your, your LinkedIn class, which was incredibly helpful, um, because we know that that medium is helping to deliver the sure. message of a lot of sales teams and a lot of marketing teams, um, build a company brand, tell the story for, for us, yep. tell patient stories. Um, so absolutely critical to, to leverage technology. And, and I know that you are a big believer and practitioner of social selling. Help me define that for the audience. How do you define social selling and how do you deploy it at Home Care Connect? Yeah, well, I think it's an evolving thing, right? Mm-hmm. When I when I took over a year ago, I our team did a little bit of it, um, but 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 now I think you know as they've gotten a. Uh, an education or or kind of some you know push from from me as well as our marketing team to um to to be more vocal to be more you know to contribute more to put content on linkedin um to grow their personal brand yep. and, and it's like I, I i tell our folks all the time if you stay in this particular industry um which you know workers compensation sales is kind of a niche within healthcare but sure. if they stay within this uh, not only do they help us build our home care connect brand but they build their personal brand. Yep. So, um, you know, I think what's really exciting is in the coming uh, year or so, we're going to be evolving, you know, our, our, our video storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're going to talk about our, our company culture, yep. uh, which is pretty unique and, and exciting and, and really helping to connect to our customers through uh, LinkedIn as, as one of those tools. Sure. Are there other social media tools that you're using regularly? Is it pretty much focused on LinkedIn and video content? I would say it's mostly LinkedIn. Yep. You know, we uh, use Facebook a little bit bit, but, you know, kind of like you talk about in your class, it's more of, um, you know, some, some of these are more uh, B2C. Sure. 
uh, type platforms as, as opposed to, to LinkedIn, which is more B2B. And it's really uh, amazing. I, I think you've seen a lot of change yeah. in, in that app just in the past year and a half yeah. uh, in terms of legitimacy. I mean, it used to be you know, one of those uh, apps that, you know, I think the the mindset of, of the, the layman was, hey, it's my online resume yep. or it's my, you know, way of connecting to uh, old colleagues or it's Facebook for business. But to me, it's really none of those, yep. you know, it's it, it's maybe some of that, but it's it's really, um, you know, telling your story, telling your brand and, um, you know, people people follow people. Yep. on LinkedIn, not Absolutely. necessarily companies. Yeah, it's it's become, I think you're right, it, the reputation was, well, if I'm looking for a job, it's relevant, but otherwise not really. And now people are saying, well, when I'm looking to solve any problem in my professional life, whether that's finding a job or finding a vendor or you know finding someone who can help me solve a problem, that's where I'm going to go. And that's where the opportunity is. You mentioned your marketing team. One of the things that's intriguing to me about your background is while while this is the Asher Marketing Podcast, there's obviously a lot of overlap with sales. So so tell me in your mind, what does that overlap look like, and and how does that manifest itself in your organization? Yeah, well, that, that's something that's evolving, and that's what's really exciting. You know, uh, uh, working for a company this size is that we are we're living through kind of this litmus test of COVID nineteen. Uh, which has helped to, you know, refocus our, our sales and our marketing strategy. For one, you know, we, uh, from a sales perspective, have, you know, limited access, you know, where we had that personal connection before where we could build relationships in person. Um, that That's changed altogether. So it's become the Teams call or the Zoom call. Um, and, and I call it really a digital bottleneck, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. what we face in that, you know, previously, if you wanted to get the attention of a client, you know, you would deliver a message. A lot of times it was an email blast or, um, you know, uh, an outreach where, you know, it, it's more of a general message to lots of folks where I think now we've had to change that approach mm-hmm. to where it's a, more of a targeted message mm-hmm. and more of a subset of, of clients that we're reaching out to. Uh, because, you know, honestly, our clients don't have the time yeah. uh, to, to look at thousands of emails. They're yeah. already getting that. So vying for their attention, telling our story, telling our, our brand pitch um, is, uh, is, is very challenging. Yep. Yep. So in terms of how you interact with the marketing folks on your team, what are some of the things you do collaboratively? Where are there some some boundaries and borders where, you know, the marketing side does this and the sales side does this and never the twain shall meet? What does that look like in your organization? Yeah, we're pretty collaborative. You know, yeah. um, I'm not actually not over the the marketing team, um, but they are, are are great about, you know, delivering, um, you know, ideas for, for themes for that month. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's, um, you know, I, I ideas on certain products that, you know, we, we used to be able to, you know, hand out a lot of physical items, yeah. right? You'd, you'd be able to hand that out to to uh, an insurance adjuster or a nurse case manager. A lot of that is, is altogether changed. So we rely on marketing to really shape our digital content, mm-hmm. um, you know, to, to do storyboarding for, for LinkedIn. You know, we have all, all of that planned in advance. So, so that's nice, but it's still evolving. We, like I said, we haven't really gotten into the, uh, the video content yet. Uh, looking forward to being able to tell patient stories yeah. uh, to really connect to our clients because sure. we have a we have a very uh, unique um, difference in in our organization. We're we're very clinically focused, mm-hmm. so a lot of uh, players in our space, 
you have call centers, you know, folks that, that take your referral that that are not really trained to take those referrals. Sure. Um, so we have nurses mm-hmm. that are picking up the phone. Um, we have um, 24-7 access, uh. true 24-7 access. We're all based in the United States. So um, it's, it's a different experience, mm-hmm. but it's one thing to be able to, you know, tell a client that, and it's, it's another to actually have them, you know, use and experience your brand. So we're, we're working with marketing to your question to find new and creative ways to, to stay relevant. Yep. Um, we've done some continuing education sessions. Um, we have done um, uh, ongoing touch points with our clients, um, just check-in calls really, yeah. you know, cause they, a lot of our clients, they, they were used to being in a social environment. Mm-hmm. Now they're working from home. And they feel isolated like we do. So a lot sure. of times it's just a matter of, um, you know, reaching out and, and have that personal conversation. So how important is a CRM to your work? Is it is it a factor? And if so, how does it play into the work you're doing? Yeah, it absolutely is. And, and we use Salesforce and mm-hmm. it's not that's not a pitch for for Salesforce, but um, I'd say it's pretty standard and sure. what, what a lot of folks use. Um, you know, I think one of the expectations that, you know, we had hoped in our partnership that actually we've been with them for about a year now, uh, was that they would have a tool to maybe help us be smarter mm-hmm. about leveraging um, our website and yeah. understanding you know, who goes on it, who engages with it. Um, we haven't really seen the full effect of that yet. Sure. So we're working to, um, you know, to evolve that. But yeah, in terms of CRM, you know, Salesforce helps us uh, build a pipeline, yep. uh, define what that looks like, define that in terms of revenue, opportunity, close date, uh, you name it. And it also obviously is a repository for keeping, you know, client information and which is, you know, absolutely vital right now. Yep. And capturing that and making it available to the organization, especially important when you have a distributed workforce that might not have the opportunity to talk to each other on a daily basis. Yeah. But I think it's going to be, you know, all the more important that for those CRMs to evolve, to help the home-based seller in the future. Um, I know, again, this is not a, a unique problem for my industry in workers' compensation sales, it's across the board. It might be pharmaceutical, healthcare in general. Uh, how do you connect to people when you're sitting at home and they're sitting at home? Yeah, yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. So with your recent promotion, what are some of the things you're working on? Where are you spending your time? And I know some of it might be to be determined because it just happened a week ago, but what are some of the things that are important to you moving forward? Yeah, right now, uh, it is hiring and, mm-hmm. and, and building scale. Um, our business has grown by leaps and bounds. How hard is it for you to find people right now? It's challenging. Mm-hmm. It's really challenging. Um, so while we've grown 30% year over year, um, which is really, really exciting, um, finding talent is challenging. Yeah, It really is. Um, a lot of, I've been in this industry for 20 plus years. And when I do uh, interviews with folks, it is surprising how challenging it is to, uh, I, I, I thought that I would have hundreds of resumes to go through, yeah. uh, but I don't know if it's, it's COVID um, or, or what, but, but people I think are a little more reticent to, to make a change right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they're unsure about what this home-based selling environment sure. looks like. Sure. And 
and and I, I just think reluctant to uh, you know step outside their box, step through that door. So is it generally true that you're recruiting someone to come on board who already has a sales has, has a background in sales, or is it people who might not yet have a career path, and you're trying to get them to consider sales as a career path? In, in our case, I think you have to have experience. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be uh, you don't have to be as old as me with as as many gray hairs, but but I think we. Uh, definitely look for folks that uh, have an existing network, mm-hmm. an existing black book, but who can be creative and leverage technology and are not intimidated by having to sell in new and, and, and creative ways. Sure. Um, for example, right, you know, not only are we doing the video calls, but you know, to get folks out of their homes, to connect with clients, to stay relevant. Uh, a lot of my sales reps have done, you know, creative like boat cruises and mm-hmm. top golf nights, yep. and uh, which is all great and fine, especially when it's warm. Yeah. But I've got sales reps in New England yeah. and, you know, folks in, in New Jersey. And so uh, as it gets cold and folks don't want to safely be outside, uh, you know, we have to, you know, again, continue to be creative. So, yeah, we have to find folks that have a really good attitude mm-hmm. and who can say, you know, OK, I, COVID may have tied both the hands behind my back and one of my legs, but let's use the other leg to, to figure out how to uh, move forward. Yeah. So so hiring is something that's on your plate and, and telling the story of the organization as an employer, that employer branding piece yeah. to attract different talent. What are some of the other things you're working on? Yeah. So in, a, in addition to scaling and uh, uh, marketing, um, we're really um, looking at measuring effectiveness of our of our efforts. Right. If we're mm-hmm. if we're spending time, you know, with within our CRM, how do we effectively define, you know, um, you know, uh, how do we measure our results? And so working with uh, the CRM and our system to define that's really, really critically important. Um, I think understanding customer and, and buyer behavior is something we're, we're digging into more. And um, and then, you know, I think uh, as we move into uh, the coming year, uh, doing a couple of things, really um, getting more involved in charitable uh, foundation and charitable work. That's that's certainly one of my personal goals. And I think our our goal as an organization um, and, and and telling that story, uh, of course, on, on LinkedIn. And then also really defining our culture. We're, like hmm. I said, we're about 100 employees right now, uh, but we have more and more folks that want to come uh, work with us. So how do we build and continue to build a really an engaging uh, place to work. So so in addition to it being the right thing to do, what's driving the increased interest on the charitable side? You know, I, I think it's just the the evolution of, of the brand. Mm-hmm. More more folks uh, within our space know us. Like I said, we've grown by 30% year yeah. over year, leaps and bounds. So, um, you know, it, it's something that, you know, I know all of our ownership team is passionate about and, and our sales team is too. They see um, that as part of the employee experience, right? Yeah. It's not just working in a place and, and, and punching the proverbial clock. It's um, especially, I think, with a lot of the hires that mm-hmm. I'm talking to now, now, uh, some of the younger folks, they, they want to make a difference. Yeah. You know, they, they, they want to see impact. Uh, and I think doing so in multiple communities is really important. Like I said, we're based in Orlando, mm-hmm. uh, but I'd love to be able to do that right here in Fort Wayne or sure. Indianapolis or, uh, 
you know, for any of our, you know, 15 sales reps in, in their markets too. So uh, making impact is, is, is critical. Does the organization have causes of choice or is it a little bit varied in terms of what it, what it supports? Yeah, it, it's really varied right now. There yeah. are some we support. Uh, there's a group called Kids Chance, which mm-hmm. supports um, uh, sending uh, children of injured workers to college mm-hmm. around the country. That's one. But I wouldn't say we have any really exclusive sure. kind of partnerships. That's something that's really uh, evolving and changing. Okay. So I'm going to pivot to the speed round of the show where right. we go over a couple questions. I'm actually going to throw you a curveball with one. So All right. um, the first one is not a curveball. It is a softball. In terms of career path, you know, you've you settled into a career in sales pretty quickly, but you had some some bumps along the road and certainly didn't have that as a plan from the outset of your college experience. What's the one thing you've learned about being successful in your career that you want to pass on that you think other people should know about? Boy, that's a great question. And that's something that I talk to my kids about all mm-hmm. the time, um, which, and I'll actually attribute this quote to my my father-in-law, Steve Garris. He always says, um, you know, basically don't get in the way of your own success, mm-hmm. you know? And I think by that, I interpret that as your, your brain can be your biggest friend and your, and your biggest foe. Sure. And you can talk yourself out of, a lot. Yeah. So don't try to convince yourself that you can't do the job. Don't sell yourself short. And what I tell my kids all the time is, hey, it's going to be somebody. So it might as well be you. Yeah. So take a chance. See what's on the other side. Uh, you never know until you try. And and guess what? If you fail, you know, at least you can say, I tried. I gave it my best effort. And so, um, you know, put your foot out there. Uh, take a chance. Yeah. And you probably learn something along the way too. So you learn a lot along the way. You yeah. know, a lot of times you learn the the things to do and the things not to do. Um, the person you want to be and, and the person you don't want to yeah. be. And uh, it, all, it all comes with experience. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure I think I knew or I thought I knew all that at 23 when I was sitting down in the hall here at <laughs> Asher. But, uh, you know, at uh, I'll be 44 here in another few weeks. And so I can safely say, uh, you know, I, I think I've, I've learned a little bit. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Second question. This is where the curveball comes in. What do you think are some of the maybe one, maybe two, some of the biggest misconceptions about careers in sales or salespeople? And what's the true story from your perspective? Yeah, that's a, a fantastic question, you know, and I think that's something that I've I've fought, you know, the perception of for a long time. My my dad said to me the other day, he said, you know, uh, it, it, it's it's not surprising that you've made a career by talking. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it, it, you know, and I can understand that, you know, where, where that would come from, you know, but but I said to him, to be honest, dad, you know, I make a career by listening. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I listen to, to folks and I think that's that's really the advantage. I think there's the perception that salespeople um, are trying to take advantage mm-hmm. uh, of, mm-hmm. of their client yep. or that it's easy money. Yeah. And I can attest to you, it is, it is none of that. Yeah. You know, if you're going to build a career in sales, um, I think you have to be willing to sacrifice a little bit, you know, yeah. especially if you, you know, you're, you're in go my route where you have to spend, 
you know, a lot of time traveling, but yeah. it, there is sacrifice away from home. Oh, sure. And um, the biggest challenge, uh, especially for, you know, I'm a, a father of four. So, you know, making time to, to be involved yeah. with a family is really, really critical. Yeah. Right. And so, um, you know, the other thing from, from a, a sales perspective is that we're about relationship building, mm-hmm. especially in my industry. Yeah. It is not a commodity-driven oh, sure. industry, and yeah. that's something at Home Care Connect that we uh, really pride ourselves on. Is we're about consultation. Yep. And if you look at your customers like a commodity, you're probably not going to be in that space for very long. Yeah. Because they will see you as a commodity. Yeah. For and, sure. And and then you become expendable and only about price. So uh, if you're going to be in sales, you know, figure out uh, a way to build relationships. And that'll take you far. Yeah. So four kids. How old are your kids? Yeah. So we're we're a blended family. Uh, we have um, uh, 15, 14, uh, 12, and 11. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So very concentrated. So, yeah. Three three boys and a girl. So. Okay. All right. So so I, I could ask for a long line of questions on parenting, but I won't do that to you. That's that's a lot. Well, wow. I've tried my best. I'm not sure I have a whole lot of answers, <laughs> but, but we'll... We'll see. <laughs> so last question, and you've alluded to this somewhat, but to pinpoint an answer, you know, we're we're hopefully emerging slowly out of the pandemic with the colder weather coming. Who knows what's what's going to happen? But if, if nothing else, we've dealt with some uncertainty over the last uh, you know year and a half. What's the one thing you've learned during that time period? Maybe something you didn't know going into March of 2020 that is going to stay with you for the rest of your career. Yeah, well, uh, be flexible and always be thinking about evolution. You know, I think that's something that I've tried to pride myself on is be willing to learn. You know, just like taking your class, I also read a lot of books. Yep. Uh, I realize that, you know, I'm one of these people that realizes that I'll never get to a point where I can learn enough. Yeah, sure. Be willing to evolve be willing to change your strategy mm-hmm. if needed. And, um, and and most importantly, you know, I think, you know, especially being in sales and or, you know, marketing, you know, connecting with people is really, really critical. Yep. You know, some people say, oh, I care. I care about folks. But but really, I mean, to me, that's vital. Knowing knowing something about where a person's from, where they went to school, yeah. you know, what their hobbies are, you know, kids, um, you know, it, it's all vital to building blocks of relationships. Yeah. That'll never go away. Sure. It's just, especially as we've seen in this digital sales environment, um, uh, that that sometimes shifts and the medium changes. Yep. It's not necessarily that you're not connecting. Yeah. It's just the medium has been altered. So that's something that that I'll always take with me, you know, uh, pandemic and beyond whenever we get to back to, like I said, whatever the new normal is. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really relationships at the center and, you know, that, that listening piece coming back to that theme. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. People, uh, you know, from a sales and marketing standpoint, they don't, they don't buy from companies, right? They buy from people. And that sounds like a tagline, but it's the absolute truth. Yeah. 
All right. So, Jason, if people want to learn more about Home Care Connect, maybe there's a prospective employee out there for you. Where should they go to find more information? Well, that's a great point. And we are hiring right now. I'm hiring salespeople um, uh, throughout the country. We're also hiring operations and clinicians teams. And, you know, the advantage of technology is you can work from home. Yep. And, uh, and and also um, we have uh, in office, uh, when we get back to office in, in Florida, we do have those positions as well. Uh, but we do offer pretty flexible work-life balance. They can go to homecareconnect.com um, and find out more. Excellent. Well, Jason, thank you so much for joining us, especially coming up all the way from Indianapolis to be with us. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. I appreciate it, Anthony. And thanks to those of you who took the time to listen to this episode. We'll be back next week with another great guest, and we hope you'll join us then.